verse 35, cast not away therefore your confidence which have great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. But if the, of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We believe to the saving of the soul. In, amen, A.D. 64. A terrorist by the name of Nero set fire to Rome and blamed the Christian. Nero didn't wear a turban perhaps on his head and carry an AK-47, but he was a terrorist. And today we live in terroristic times. I just finished with Dr. Lawton and his theme was terroristic times. When you think about us today in America, don't we live in an interesting terroristic age? You can be sitting in the Waffle House enjoying some decaf coffee and a waffle and some idiot will walk in with a gun and shoot up and kill folk in the Waffle House. You can be sitting in worship praising the almighty God of heaven and some guy will come in with uh, uh, rifle and shoot 60, 50 people and kill them while they are in there worshiping their God. You can be in school learning math, science, and arithmetic, trying to get your head together, and a terrorist will walk in, kill kids while they're in school. You can be sitting in a movie watching Black Panther. Amen. Wakanda forever. Some of y'all will get that after a while. And while you're in the movie, some idiot will walk in and shoot 50, 60 people while in the movie. In a concert in Colorado or somewhere. And somebody will get a room on the side of the building where the concert goers are going and plan to kill as many people as he can. We're living in terroristic times. And so just like the folk who were back there, those Christians had terror in their lives, we have terror in our lives. These are tough times even in the church. You never know what Sunday somebody may walk in while you're preaching the unadulterated gospel of Christ with some issue. And we have to have armed people in the church now. Amen. I don't mean with uh, uh, amen, uh, Acts 2.38. They got another 38 and a 45 and I encouraged them to bring both of them and stand at the back door amen y'all don't have to say amen when you come up in there to act up like a terrorist we'll treat you like one uh huh and I'll do the funeral service for you amen uh huh we live in terroristic times 
just like they had issues, we got issues. And I'm telling you, these are times when folk are quitting church. This verse and these chapters are about telling them, I don't care how hard you have it, don't you quit church. I don't care what comes in your life, don't you ever stop. That's really what he's saying. Don't you stop getting closer to God and don't you stop worshiping God. And it's hard sometimes in life when life hits you. Y'all ever had life hit you? 854 Claudius did the same thing. He said these Christians are nothing more than a bunch of terrorists themselves. So he drove them out of the city, took their property, and he did mean things to them because it was terroristic times. Look at the church today and how we are beginning to have people leave church. The Christian Chronicle sent an article, and I'll get some preaching in a minute, the other week, and it said that the Church of Christ is now half the membership that it was in 1970s. In 1970s, we had 2.5 million members. We were the fastest growing church there was in America. People like Mother Charlie McClendon were baptizing 150, 200 folk a year. And we were growing at an enormous rate. There were 30,000 to 35,000 churches of Christ across this country. You could find the church very easily. But the Christian Chronicle said in the last issue that now we don't have 2.5 million members. We've got less than a million members. And many of the churches of the 30,000 have closed down because folk are not going to church. I didn't say that they did. Are y'all there? These are times when we've got to address some things and start looking at doing more in our churches and having stained glass windows and singing three nice songs before prayer and one after. These are terroristic times when we've got to start looking and telling folk that whatever happens to you, you don't quit church. We need to tell millennials when you get through with your uh, texting and you get through with your tweeting and you get through with your Instagram and you get through with your Facebook and all the other books, there's still a God somewhere that's looking for you to do what he wants you to do. Huh? The church may not have everything together as individuals, but the word of God is perfect. And what you need to tell millennials, when you come in here, don't come in here looking for everybody to be right because everybody ain't right. We struggle in our lives with a lot of stuff. Some of us do a little drinking, a little cussing, a, a little gambling, casino problem, but the church is still right. I won't let anybody badmouth the church. You can talk about some folk in the church, but the church is right. And we don't need to change our doctrine to fit nobody. We need to keep the doctrine like it is, keep preaching the same thing, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, but we need to also teach folk how to form a relationship with God after they get the doctrine. Because you can run more folk out of the church by your attitude than I can draw them in. Hallelujah anyhow. Somebody come in the building where you are and you sitting on the corner and that's your sanctified seat and they got a visitor's tag on, slide over. Hallelujah anyhow. Y'all not let a visitor leave without at least 30 of y'all going and saying we're glad to have you today. For young lady got five babies, don't talk about the babies, help her with her when she come to church. Singles are the number one attendees in worship every Sunday morning. Single black women come to church and bring their babies. And instead of talking about them, we ought to be about the business of trying to help them raise them babies in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah in the house. 
And before you walk up on me, have a relationship with me. Don't walk up on me because you're old and just start talking crazy. You can't talk to me about my dress and I don't know you. Who are you? If I come long enough and see you with a good dress on and a moderate dress, I got good sense to bring my neckline up and my hemline down. We're going to grow the church, start acting like we're the only ones got good sense and the only one flying on off to heaven. Help somebody go to heaven with you. Oh, y'all looking at me quiet. That's all right. When I walk in church, I don't have a halo over my head and no wings on my back. I struggle every week just like everybody else struggle because the devil comes by my house every day. And if he doesn't, I bring him in with me. Amen. The devil works on you. He's saying stay in church. I was in the room the other night, last night, trying to find a game. I was trying to find whether or not a, a West Conference game. I was just looking and looking and trying to thumb and it hit HBO. And I was trying to tell my thumb, thumb, I'm looking for the game. Move. Work, thumb, work. Tom just wouldn't cooperate quick enough. Had to pray about that. Now, I know y'all seal sanctified and do everything right. I'm talking about me. The devil is busy. Trying to stay close to God in these terroristic times, the devil is alive and well. He draws folk every day. Y'all still there? Tell you three things that I'm done with. Number one, if you're gonna make it, if you're gonna make it and stay, look forward to what God has for you, the reward. You gotta first of all, amen, look back. In verse 32, he said, Remember the early days. You gotta look back in your life if you're gonna stay close to God and get the reward. You gotta look back on this spiritual journey and see what God has done for you. Huh? Look back. In 32, look back. When I look back, I see how good God has been to me. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be dead. And that's enough to keep me going, brothers and sisters. I'm supposed to be dead because Satan intended for me to be dead so many times. I walked in the store one day that had just been robbed as I was walking in. The robber was walking out. Huh? I'm supposed to be dead. I'm sitting in Shoney's having a big boy and some fries with one of my deacons. he just gotten paid, had $1,100 in his pocket, Brother Mason, and a guy walks across, brings a rifle in, points it at the cash register person and say, give me the money. Folks started crying and hollering. He said, I ain't giving him my money. I said, I'm going to tell him you got it because I ain't dying today. tell it on you if he come over here he got the money but he robbed the cash register robbed a couple of folks that were in the restaurant and never came to my row I'm supposed to be dead but God I'm 35,000 feet up in the air coming from Nelson New Zealand preaching for a solid month God's word over there and birds fly into the top engine of the plane the plane falls 
thousand feet in a matter of just a few seconds. Falling out of the air, folks started crying and hollering, but I just started praying. Because I know somebody who's more than able. And I didn't have time for that Sunday morning prayer like y'all pray, ever to be adored, Heavenly Father. I just said, Lord, have mercy. And God hears me. God hears me. I told the lady next to me, we're not going to fall out of the air. We're not going to fall. She looked at me like I was crazy. I said, because I'm on here. God got a hold of the plane, turned it around, took it back to Hawaii, and landed the plane safe. I'm supposed to be dead. Fixed it, and they told all of us, get back on in about 20 folks. I, uh, I got back on. I said, more room for me. I can sleep now. Because if he did it once, if he did it once, he'll do it again. And like they say on my serious radio, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? I stay in church because God is good to me. When I look back, he fed me when I was hungry. I drove an old car. I drove an old car that was so raggedy, I sprayed for mosquitoes everywhere I went. Huh? I drive up, I drive up, son, and I say, give me $10 worth of oil and $5 worth of gas and spray as I left. I'm spraying everywhere. Didn't have to call a mosquito man. I sprayed for them all over the hood and they said, that's a good preacher. Brother Blake, a good preacher. Had the little May Pop tires on it that may pop any minute. I was a good preacher. Pants kind of shiny behind, I was a good preacher. Oh, but when you stay in church and stay faithful to the Lord that I serve, won't he do it? Huh? 30 years later, I went on the lot and I drove off a brand spanking new 350 at that time, amen, with black peanut butter interior, 200 miles on it, and I was rolling deep. Got to the building. And somebody said, how much money y'all paying him? Must be paying him too much. And all I said is, won't he do it? You see me now, but you didn't see me then. Reason I'm serving him now is because of what he did for me then. Nobody makes me go to church. I go to church because God is good to me. And if you 60 years old, if you 70 years old, if you 80 years old, you ought to be up in here saying, hallelujah anyhow. I'm almost done. Y'all just, and we'll give you back some time. Y'all all right? Look back. And when you look back, you ought to think, and then in verse 37, you ought to look inward. When you look back, look at yourself. Uh-huh. He said, for in just a little while, he who is coming will come without delay. But my righteousness, amen, will live, will live by faith. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I trust God every day that he's going to wake me up in the morning. I will not shrink back. I will not go back because I'm looking inside of me. 
And what I have inside of me, in verse 37, is stronger than what's on the outside of me. I have the Holy Spirit dwelling in me. And we don't like talking about the Holy Spirit, but I got him dwelling in me. And when I do want to cuss you out, and there are some members of the church, I'd like to have five minutes with them and don't have no interruptions and nobody listening but me and Jesus and say some stuff I feel like saying. And the only reason I ain't said it, not because the words ain't on the tip of my lip, the only reason I ain't said it is because the Holy Spirit is inside of me. In fact, if you preachers looking for some members, I got about 20 I'll give y'all and help them move if you want some. Want to increase your membership by 20? See me after church. And I got about 20, maybe 25. I'll pay the rental truck fee to get them there to you. Y'all all right? I have to look inward. And I have to fill myself through the word of God daily and put the spirit of God inside of me. If I don't, I won't make it. I can't make it by myself. I'm not strong enough to make it by myself. I need somebody stronger than me to help me. Well, I feel some preaching coming on. Yeah, yeah, and then I got to close, not to look inward, but then when you look inward, amen, look ahead. Mm-hmm. Look back, look inward, and then look ahead. In verse 38, he quotes Habakkuk 2.4. And, and he quotes Habakkuk 2.4. He says, uh, amen, you with me? That it's because of what Christ did for me that I'm justified. I'm declared justified. Not because of what I did, but because of who he is. I'm not worthy. In fact, all of my righteousness is just like filter rags. But when I start looking ahead, oh, I feel good today. I realize that there's something better. And Hebrews is about saying, you got a better prophet. Huh? I got a better home. I got a home now. But I got a better home. I got a little house at 4104 West Nashville Street that I bought some 15 years ago. And I did a 15-year mortgage so when I got old, I wouldn't have to worry about folk putting me out. Because you know the brethren will put you in a pasture where there is no grass and tell you, help yourself. So I got a little house at 4104 West Nashville Street in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and me and the Lord own it. And I walk in every night, and I give him thanks. When I walk through the door, and I tell him, Lord, ain't been all that good, but I thank you for your blessings. I got two pennies that I can rub together in my house, and I thank him every day for the two pennies that I can rub together in my house. Every morning I get up in my house, I thank him that he let me get out of bed one more time in my house. Oh, at night, when I get on my knees, I tell him all about thankfulness for what he's done for me. But I'd stop by long enough to tell you, I got another house, and it's not at 4104 Westville. I got another house, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, and some good morning when 
this life is over, I'm going to step on yonder's cloud, going up to glory, and I'm going to walk to the mansion robe and crown. I'm going to my mansion he got for me, and I tell you, I'm going to enjoy my house where the bill will never come in. Ain't got no light bill, ain't got no water bill, ain't got no mortgage payment. Every day is Sunday, Saturday will have no end. I'm going to join the angelic chorus and sing a new song they never sung before. Ah, I'm glad they I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder. Ah, I'm going up yonder to get my reward. Is there somebody sitting here acting like God ain't done nothing for you? You ought to, at least if you're a quiet shouter, you ought to wave your hand. You can't wave your hand. You ought to bat your eyes. You can't bat your eyes. You ought to stomp your feet. God is good all the time and all the time God is good.